God, King of kings, Lord of lords, oh, wash over us today, God. Sweep over our souls today. Sweet Spirit of God, sweep over our souls today and minister to us, Lord. Minister strength to us. Minister life to us. Minister to us your word, God. I love you today. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you teach us, Lord, that you've shown us and you spoke in your word that we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. And truly, God, I walk by faith today because I see the working of your hand. God, I see the working of your spirit. God, I see the change in our lives, God, in your people's lives, God. And I know your promises are true, God. I know that they are, that you're not a man that you should lie and you're not neither the son of man that you should repent. I know your hand is not shortened, Lord, that it cannot save. I know you will fulfill your word and your promise, God. In the meantime, God, you give us that grace, God, and that strength to fight and to hold on. God, I feel your presence. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for that. That is so divine, Lord, that I can feel the working of your spirit. Lord, I treasure that. I treasure it today. I treasure it. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for all the words of encouragement, God, that you've sent our way. God, this last week, God, you've sent so many people our way to encourage us and tell us, God, that they're watching online, Lord, that they're listening to the CDs, God, that they're getting something from these services, God, and I thank you for that. God, I thank you for it. I thank you for giving us the ability, God, to send this word out. God, I thank you, that, God, for every heart and every life that it touches, Lord. I thank you for it. God, I thank you for it, Lord. I don't, I count that an honor, Lord, to have an opportunity, Lord, to minister for you. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for calling us. Oh, thank you for giving us an opportunity to live for you and serve you. God, I praise your holy name, Lord. I praise your holy name, Jesus. I praise you. Oh, God, I praise you today. Lord, we lift our hearts up to you. Oh, God, if I just had an instrument, God, if I could play, God, if I my voice was an instrument to sing, God, I would just magnify you, Lord. God, sometimes I just feel so hampered by that, God, but I just magnify your name today. God, I glorify your holy name. I lift praises up to you today, Lord. You're so worthy. You're so worthy to be praised, God. Oh, hallelujah. You're so worthy. Oh, hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I lift my hands to you and praise you. Oh, I love you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Lord, I let you just carry us higher, Lord. I let you just carry us into your presence today. Hallelujah. God, I want to leave this world behind. There's nothing in this world that's pleasing to me. God, this world doesn't edify me in any way. God, I want to set my affection on things above. Oh, and not on things of the earth. Lord, elevate us, God. Elevate our minds. God, let us enter into your presence. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Wash over us, Lord. Sweep over our souls. God, sweep over our souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, help each member to beg to be sensitive to the working of your spirit. Lord, let each member be sensitive to the working of your spirit, God. Every joint supplies, God, every joint supplies. And you told us just a few weeks ago it was our obligation and our responsibility 
to come prepared for every service, Lord. Let every joint supply. God, let every joint supply today. Let every joint add to. Lord, we just bring that offering of praise and worship to you today. Lord, I bring an offering of praise and worship, Lord. We've humbled ourselves in prayer, Lord. We need you to lift us up, Jesus. Lift us up, oh God, lift us up. Holy Jesus, holy Jesus. Love on the Lord today. There's such a sweet presence of his spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Kathy, do you know the song, Sweep Over My Spirit? Uh, yeah, Sweep Over My Soul, Sweet Spirit. We do a chorus of that. Do you know, Brother Donald? That's just what it been in my heart this morning. Atmos billows of love. Hallelujah. I'm gonna let's just let's just reach out to him and let him lead us this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down. From the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love, peace, peace. Wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless Billows of love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't you just feel that today? Such a sweet presence, and I need him to sweep over my spirit. I need peace, peace, wonderful peace. The peace he gives isn't the peace that this world gives. It's his peace. It's his peace. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I need his love and his mercy. I need his peace. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Though a hurricane be bearing down on my house, I have peace today. Though there be storms all around, I have peace today. Though there be trouble all around, I have peace today because my comfort and my peace, I abide in Him. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty today. Though the world be crumbling around me, I have peace today. Though there be sickness in my body, I have peace 
hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's telling us today. He's giving us his word today. He's giving us his word today. Hallelujah. He's made us promises. Hallelujah. And he's also made promises. He will deal with the wicked. He will deal with the unjust. He will deal with the sinner and the ungodly. He'll deal with the wicked in his own house. But for those that serve him, he's made promises and he said he would make a difference. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. My God in him will I trust. Surely he will. Deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee. With, he shall cover me with his feathers, and under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. I shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. That's where the devil comes in night and in darkness so many times. That's, that's where he comes because he doesn't like the light. And where light is, darkness can't stay. If you're in the light, darkness can't stay. Verse 6, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted that noonday destruction is upon us. I, I'm not afraid of that. We don't need to be afraid of that as children of God. A thousand shall fall at thy side, at my side, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. It shall, that's our promise. That's our word. These storms coming, you might, maybe you don't need to rebuke it. Maybe you need to say, keep me in it. He rides in the whirlwind. Yeah, you know how I know he did allow my house to be struck by lightning. That was then. I'm in another place today. But if he so chooses it again, Sister Pat, it is well with my soul. It is all right. It is all right. He kept me. He kept me and he worked his will in it. Hallelujah. There's something upon us that's so great that we're going to have to hold to this word and this scripture. A thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not. Ours will be the only house left standing. This is Psalm 91. Only with my eyes shall I behold to see the reward of the wicked. That's not my reward because I've made sure to follow his instruction. That is not my reward because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, my habitation. There shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague. The Lord said there's new plagues going to be unleashed in the earth, but no, not going to come nigh my dwelling. This is the day he's making the difference between those that serve him and those that serve him not. For he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all. All of my ways to keep me in all of my ways even if I should err and have a make a mistake an honest mistake he's gonna keep me even if I go through downtown Atlanta when he told me to go another way he's still gonna keep me and give me a path around all that violence I've walked it I know it he'll do it apply it to your life 
They shall bear me up in my in their hands, lest I dash a foot my foot against a stone. I shall tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon. Shall I trample under feet, hallelujah, because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. I know his name and I'm called by his name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. That's when we call upon him, he will answer and he will be and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Hallelujah. The Lord's been telling us things are coming the Lord's been telling us these things. We need to be attentive. And now it's time. You know, we've heard these scriptures all our lives. We've heard them. Now. And we've stood on them. But I believe there's a new level, if you want to call it that, of protection. He tells us in the end of the second chapter in the book of Malachi that he makes that difference between those that serve him and those that don't. Do you serve him today? Do you serve him? Do you serve him? That's where fear comes in. If you don't serve him, a double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways. Hallelujah. I'm not going to tarry. I'll have Brother Matter come on out. I'm going to tell you what the share and what the Lord spoke in here Tuesday night in prayer. I tell you, Sister Pat, that prayer has been awesome. God's been talking to us. He's been talking to us in this prayer. Hallelujah. And he told us, that there had been great opposition to his word. And just as far as you could see mountains and hills was the breadth and the depth of, of the opposition to this word. I could see in the spirit, I just saw mountains. If you've ever been up the Blue Ridge Parkway and just seen mountains as far as you can see, that's how far the opposition is. And the, the hardness of the rock of a mountain is just as hard as the opposition has been. But you know what the Lord said? He was bulldozing it. With his word, he was bulldozing it, and he was bringing every low place high and every high place low. That's what he said. Hallelujah. That excites me. That excites me. So I don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. Hallelujah. And he told us that strange things were happening, and strange things were coming, and these are not good things. But when we are kept in him, he keeps us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, he keeps us. Coming up the road this morning, I was reminded of, of a scripture um, uh, in, in Samuel, 1 Samuel, when he talks about Hannah. Y'all excuse me a moment. The Lord told us in prayer last, before I get to Hannah, I'm going to lead to Hannah, but he said to press him. That was his, that's what he said was to press him. If you want something, you're going to press for it. Or if you're going to buy something, you're going to save up the money. You're going to work extra hours. You're going to do what you got to do. You're going to set that money aside. You're going to press him. If you want to lose weight, you're going to stop eat what you're eating and exercise and lose the weight. You know, whatever it is, you, you press, you put effort into it. It doesn't just fall on you. Nothing just falls on you. you got to press. And he reminded me of Hannah. And her nemesis, Panina. That's how I pronounce it. I'm not sure if that's, but that's how I'm pronouncing it today. Panina. But that woman provoked Hannah. And she provoked her. And do you know, and it says God had withheld a child from Hannah. So we know 
It was not God's will for her to have that child at that time. There was a reason. The Lord showed me a few years back. He gave me an understanding of that, and I'm going to share that this morning. So as Peninnah pressed Hannah, and it was bitter for years and years, but do you know what finally moved God? Was when Hannah prayed and said, Whatever it takes, Lord, I give this child to you. That was her prayer. And when she prayed that prayer, that is when God moved for her. But it took her being provoked by Peninnah. See, God needed Samuel to be his all the way. He needed all of Samuel. He needed him raised in the temple. He needed that. God needed that in order for Samuel to fulfill that call that he had chosen him for. But see, in order for Samuel to fulfill his call, his mama had to fulfill her place. And she was provoked so much so that she said, I don't care no matter what, I want this child and he's yours. And as soon that was the desired, we all quote that scripture in Jeremiah about having an expected end. That was his expected end for Hannah in that place. He wanted her to reach that place of desperation where she said, no matter what it takes, I want that child. And he said, thank you. That's what I've been waiting on. But see, he had to push her and push her and push her till she'd had enough. And then when that child was born, he went on and then he graced her with other children. He gave her other children. But Samuel had a divine call on his life. But see, it took his mama obeying God first to get him into his position to be in the will of God. That is so powerful to me when God showed me that. I used to, I never, I just couldn't understand it. And I went through a situation and somebody was just needling me. Sister Pat, somebody was just being mean. They were needling me, and I finally just cried out to God, and I said, whatever it takes. And, you know, and I meant it, and it was what, and it worked out, but it took that thing in me. There was something I had to let go of, something in me I had to let go of in the situation. I was still holding on to something. And when I said, whatever it takes, and that's when he brought that to me about Hannah and told me, go read it. And I went and read it, and I saw plain as day. I'd never heard Hannah. All people ever talk about is how she wept bitter. You know, I think that's how it reads that she wept bitter. Like, well, y'all didn't ever get to why. Not, wasn't just because, there was, it wasn't just wanting the son. God had a plan, and he wanted her to surrender that son. So he let Peninnah needle her for years. That woman was mean. You imagine every time they went to wash clothes, she says, I'm washing baby clothes. What are you washing? Right? I'm going to the well. Well, I got to get all this water for these baby bottles. Maybe they had them back then, but anyway. But all this baby food over here, how much water do you need? Hmm. You know, I could just hear going up. Oh, I got too much work today. I got to fold all the little babies' beds. I got to make up the babies' beds, you know, just every day. You know, the devil's mean, but he didn't know. That's just like in Job. He didn't know. He was provoking the promise. He was provoking the promise. Are you provoked to possess the promise today? Be provoked to possess the promise. Lord put something in my spirit last week. He let me be provoked. I was provoked. 
I was ill as a hornet. I was mad at everything and everybody and everything. It didn't matter. I was mad. I had this. I had that. I was just plain mad. There wasn't nothing around, no way to get around it. I was mad. And that's it. I didn't even try to cover it with the Lord. You know how we do. We try to, you know, we try like, "Mm mm-hmm, I'm okay. He's like, you are a liar. Your Bible is on fire. (laughs) That's what he says. We do. We try to cover it. But, you know, I was so mad this time. I was just provoked in my spirit. And I could feel the enemy just right over there challenging me. I hate the devil. I hate him with a passion. Oh, he really, he went too far. And he just pushed. And he was all just all cocky over there like, I think it's time for you to give up here on this L.A.J. church and go back to your life. I think it's time you need to just forget this thing. This ain't going to work. You just need to get about doing something else. Go back to your family and do what you need to do there. I think you need to go get another picture, get another vision. Hey, the liar, he's a liar. He talks to me, talks to my husband. I mean, he's going to talk. You just, whether you're going to listen. And I, he was all cocky and arrogant. I kind of listened for a minute, thought about it. I let him think I was going to fall for it. Because I let, Normally, I'll say, shut up, devil. Shut up. I let him talk. I felt something churning right down in here. It's like, just keep talking. And I let him think he was really going to get somewhere. And then I turned and I said, there's no way on God's green earth I'll give up on his promises. There's no way I'm going to be a John Mark like in the Bible that, that bailed. There's no way I'm going to be the... Uh, it's not Diotrephes, but the other one that bailed, it, left Paul in the lurch, choosing this present world, his love of this world better. I said, there's no way I'll have that tagline by my name in God's word when it's written down about these times. I won't be known. I know John Mark redeemed himself later, but there's always a little mark there that says, well, one time, you know, he bailed. So there's always that little doubt. He redeemed himself, but yet there's that little like, okay, right? He went, Paul was steadfast all the way. I'm not going to have that little asterisk by my name that says, well, she redeemed herself later, but right there she bailed in the fight when it got hot. Not going to be by my name. Not going to happen. I'm not going to give up. And I'm not walking by sight. I walk by faith. And God made us promises. God made us, everyone in here promises. He made promises about our personal lives. He made promises about this church. Either we believe it or we don't. I determined I believe it, and I let the devil know I believe it. I believe it. And when I came to prayer, I let God and the devil and everybody else have it. When I got on my knees, I pressed the Lord. I said, this isn't right. It isn't right. It isn't right the way the devil's opposing us. It's not right. But nevertheless, if that's the battle you choose, don't take me out. But you strengthen me under the load. You strengthen me under this load. You strengthen this body under this load. Don't you take me out of the fight. Don't you pull me out. That's right. You put it down in me. You give me the ability to stand. You give this body the ability to stand. Every one of us. And that's what I pray for every one of us. That we don't be weary and well doing. But that we hold on. And we let him strengthen us. I said, I won't get out of the fight, God. I won't. I'll cry and I'll be mad. You know, I didn't feel God's hand against me for that. 
He would have been against me had I quit. But I said, you know, so here I am until he matures me some more. When the pressure gets really hot, I might still get mad. But I didn't let my mouth cause me to sin. And I wasn't going to be Job's wife or Lot's wife. Why don't you just give up on this? No way! I won't have that happen. I won't. And neither will you. Because I prayed for you. And 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 I prayed for Sister Susie. I prayed for every member of this body. So let's get in the fight. Don't be moved. Don't be moved. You don't think pastor has pressure? Sure. You just shrug your shoulders and say, well, he's pastor. No, he's a man. He's not God. He's a man. Don't let your flesh cause you to sin. Because I sure could. I was hopping mad. I was. I contained that puppy pretty good, I thought considering that thing that was raging within me. I'm telling you, and that's what God gave me, Panina. He was provoking me because he wanted me to throw the gauntlet down and say no matter what. He wanted to see that commitment. Why is he going to give us something we don't care about? Why? He wants to see, do you care about it? It costs you. I save up money to buy something and it matters to me and something happens to it. I'm frustrated and disappointed. It took me forever to save the money to get it. That's why you don't give kids things that they just tear up. There's no appreciation when you don't pay for it. You don't have appreciation for it when you don't understand that. But that's a similar thing in the Spirit of God. He wants to see, Brother Donna, how bad do we, do we want it? He wants to know how bad, how bad I want it. And I'm not going to be denied. I won't be denied. I don't know what else roads God's going to have us go down, but I trust Him. I trust Him. And that's what He... Boy, once I made peace with the Lord, (laughs) took me a few. I'll be honest, it took me a few. I was mad. (laughs) But once I reached that place in this... And you know what? We can, it's okay that we just take it to the Lord. I didn't take it to, uh, out on somebody. Thank the Lord. You know, I was able to contain that. I could have been a bulldozer. But I didn't. And I let the Lord, I took it to the Lord. All that anger, all that frustration, all that disappointment, all of that. Took it to Him. I didn't know what He was going to do, Sister Pat. I just know if I take it to Him, He's going to help me whether it gives me peace or whether it gives me more fight. Oh, either way, I got peace and fight. <laughs> I, got a, I got a double whammy, but we all got it. I'm telling you, he wanted me to press him, and that's what he spoke in the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord fell, and he said, Press me, press me to make your calling and your election sure. We've spoke so much of that lately. We spoke about that so much. And sometimes the Lord, the way I was understanding him, saying that we just assume because he's ministered to us that it's, going to, that it's ours for the taking. No. You will press into it. 
That means it's your job to find out, what did you call me for? Why am I here? I, I, I have prayed that prayer many a time. And I pray it too much now. Thank the Lord. He's helped me and matured me. But you've got to find out, why am I here? Why was I born? Why am I taking breath? Why am I taking up space on the planet? Because he called me, and I'm going to find out, and I'm going to let him. I'm going to make him choose me. I'm going to make him choose me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him choose me. I'm going to say, you got no right not to choose me. I did everything that you instructed me to do. I did everything in my knowledge and power. So you got to choose me. Instead of just, I hope he chooses me. No, I'm going above and beyond. And if he doesn't choose me, it'll be on him. Because I'm going to make him choose me. I'm going to let him change me. I'm going to let him get in my heart and get in my mind and get in my spirit. So that's what he said. Make your calling and election sure. Fight for it. Press for it. We, everyone in this body has a place. Everyone. Every one of us and every joint supplies. So be encouraged and press him. Press him to see what he has for your life. Excuse me. Oh, I drained that dry. Hallelujah. I'm encouraged in him today. I tell you something happened here last week. I can't even remember now. My mind went went somewhere else. I can't even remember what else the Lord spoke. But the main thing was press him. At least that was how he started. So let's do that today. Let's do that today and get serious about what he's, what he's called us to. Hallelujah. Let's just reach to him a moment. Let's see how else. I tell you, I, had, I was really fixed. I was going to hand the thing to Brother Donald when first got started, but sir, fear to God got a hold there. So let's just reach for a few minutes. You know, that's the thing is our services, whether we sing I'm good with that, and or however, just however the Lord speaks through any person. Lord gave Sister Deborah a word. At, we went to Fort Payne Wednesday night and told her she's fixing to start speaking that word. And I believe that. Oh, you got a news flash. That's right. Pastor ministered to her and said, uh-huh. Yes, as she's about to start speaking that word. Isn't that exciting? That's exciting to me. I want to see everybody... I want to see the church grow and come forward. I want to see it mature. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just take a second and reach to him and see how he wants to take us next. Hallelujah. God, I praise you. Lord, thank you, God, for helping us today. Lord, thank you for strengthening us and encouraging us. God, you build your... You build upon the foundation that's been laid in our spirit, Lord, and you help us, God. We want to mature and grow. God, we want to mature and we want to grow in you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. God, minister, God, to whoever's listening today, God, and watching. God, I, I just send your strength to them, God. Lord, you minister to them. God, it's hard when you can't sit in the house of God and hear the word. God, you minister to their lives, minister to their spirits. God, strengthen them and encourage them, God. Lord, we just ask that you minister, God, to Fort Payne. God, the people in Fort Payne today, strengthen them, encourage them, put new fight and new determination in them. God, I know that your promises will be fulfilled. God, I know it. You give us the endurance, God, to hold on and prepare us, Lord. God, prepare us for what lies ahead. Lord, I give you praise. 
God, I give you honor. I give you glory. I magnify that holy, holy name. Lord, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you, Jesus. Give us your divine will, God, your divine leading. Lord, order our steps. Lord, that was something you told us to pray, God, was to be a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path because we'd never walked this way before. God, let us find that narrow way. Let us find it and go in thereat. Lord, help us today. Help your people, God. Hallelujah. Let your divine will be done. Oh, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Brother Donald, did the Lord give you a scripture? All right, I'm going to let Brother Donald... Um, we're going to let every joint supply this morning. Thank you, Lord. I, when she was speaking, uh, I was going to flip to another scripture, but I stopped into another one. And we all battle. We all know that we battle. And I battle, you battle. And But God took, uh, I flipped over, if you want to flip to 2 Corinthians uh, 4. And sometimes, you know, we want to think that it's all in us, but it's not all in us. It's all in God and what we, how much trust we put in Him. That's where that's where our strength comes whenever we start trusting Him, because in the flesh we can do nothing. We can do nothing in the flesh. It's always got to be through the Spirit of Christ doing it through us, because we're earthly vessels. And uh, let's go, uh, if you would. Uh, I I just got this here. Uh, let me find my spot here. Uh, go up to uh, 4 and 7. We're going to uh, go down just a few scriptures right there. But we have this treasure in earthly vessels that the actually of the power may be of God and not of us. In other words, whenever he starts working his power, it's not in, it's not in, uh, it's not in us, but it's God working through us. We have to come to the... To believe that we have to let him work it in us and work it through us. Not not in us, but not us try to work it, but get ourselves in the place in our mentality of our minds and our spirit and our walk with God that he can work through us because that's where it's going to come from. And we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are deplexed, but not despaired. Persecuted, but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the lord jesus that the life also of jesus might be made manifest in our bodies the life that we live in god is wanting to manifest Himself through our mortal bodies that's what you know even though we're deplexed even though we're persecuted that don't I don't make any difference to God. But God is wanting to bring us, you know, this is what I feel, Sister Lisa. God is wanting to bring us into the place, don't matter what we're walking into, don't matter how we're troubling on each side, 
as long as we know that we're walking in the divine will of God, that God is going to take care of us and God's going to lift up standards somewhere. So there's no reason to be discouraged, no reason to be deflexed, because we know if God has spoke to us, it's like Sister Lisa, God spoke to the pastor, for y'all to come up here. Sure, the enemy's going to fight. Sure, the enemy's going to fight on every side and try to get you to change your mindset. We miss God, but as long as you know that you're walking in the mind will of God, stand still, stand firm, quote God's word, believe God's word to the fullness because somewhere God is going to open up this door. God is going to explode his will and what he has spoken, what he's led his people to do. God is going to bring it to pass. But if we get discouraged and lose our faith and lose our trust in God, then God can't move. But we've got to stand firm. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. It is. We're going to go down to 11, and I'm going to quit. Start right there. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. And that's just what God led me to, whatever you were speaking. Hallelujah. He be, might be manifested in our mortal flesh. God is willing to work through our mortal flesh, but we've got to get our hearts right. We've got to get our hearts where it needs to be, Sister Kathy, because, you know, we live in this vessel of flesh. We live in this outer appearance of our flesh, and we've got to live in it, but we don't have to let it have control of our bodies and our minds and our, and our thoughts. We don't have to give it the thoughts of way flesh thinks we can we can give it the thoughts of Jesus, but we've got to understand that. And that's just what God put on my heart there whenever I turned over to it. I was going to go over to the, actually another scripture, but God stopped me right there. And But God, I just can't wait for the word this morning. I think it's going to be real good. I, <laughs> but. But, you know, the Bible says life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And, 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 I, and I got it, that in prayer this morning. I believe whatever we speak, Sister Pat, that we, sometimes we'll also reap if we speak it. You know, even though lots of times I, I see things and, and I have that trouble, you know, sometimes coming at me, you know, and trying to get me to doubt and, and everything and speak, speak something that I know it's not right, but I won't speak it. I might think it. It might enter into my thoughts, but I'll cast that thing down. I'll cast it down in the name of Jesus. I said, I am not speaking that. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. I'm not going to speak that word out of my mouth because if I, if I put that seed out there and I speak it to somebody else, then I planted a seed for somebody else to have doubt in the same thing that I'm fighting with, and I'm not going to put that seed out there. I'm not going to put that seed out there for somebody else. I, I can remember Sister Kilpatrick, she said, I won't even tell people when I'm sick of a body because if you tell somebody, they'll start speaking doubt and they'll try to put you in the graveyard, the hospital, or whatever. But I, if I if I'm fighting some something, sometimes I keep it to myself. I won't even speak it to nobody else because I don't want to put a seed out there for somebody to start operating on doubt. Hallelujah! Come on, Pastor, praise the Lord. Give the Lord and a pastor a good hand this morning. 
you, Jesus. I want to know how you got my study notes. That's one of my scriptures for today. Ain't it good when God puts us on the same page? Hallelujah. I appreciate the Lord. Just Deborah, I want you to stand up and tell the folks how God touched your life Tuesday night. It's a big, I mean Wednesday night, it's a big sacrifice for Sister Deborah to make that trip to Alabama Wednesday night because they didn't get back home till about 1, one thirty, And she gets up about 4.30 to help get Brother Donald off to work. So that big sacrifice. Tell them what God done for you. Well, Justin, stand up and tell them what God done for you. Huh? We'll start. Now I can tell y'all this, I ain't never preached in this church like I preached in Fort Payne Wednesday night. Preached like a crazy man, didn't I? Went to Jasper, Alabama, done the same thing. Two nights in a row, that power. But I had one of the greatest miracles Thursday night And I've had these miracles before, but this one was different. You know, God told us He's going to do a different, bring a different anointing. The pastor's sister down there come up for prayer. I just felt like, y'all know, I don't call for prayer that much anymore. I used to do it after every service. I'll do it more on the road than I will here. But she come up, said she had a bulging disc, arthritis in one hip, and the bone was poking out. So I got a chair and just set her down, Sister Pat. When I set her down, I pulled her feet up. It's like this, and the difference in the length. I kid you not, I wish I could have got it on video. The pastor was standing there, and when I pulled it up, and I saw the difference in the length, Brother Philip, the pastor said, oh my God, look at that. And I said, oh my God, look, look. I didn't even pray. It just started growing. And within five seconds... To 10 seconds, even. Just like that. It was different. And it's been in my spirit all week. And it's coming. I, I was driving this morning, coming up, because we come up separate because I've been on the road this week. And I heard the voice of the Lord speak inside of me. He said, The ministry of the Son of Man is at the door. It's at the door. 
that life of Jesus is inhabiting here. Going to be manifest where? In our mortal flesh. To the door. God's people got to get a mindset and start pressing for this. Got to get a mindset and start reaching for this to be revealed in them. Because this is your purpose. God didn't call you and put this spirit in you for nothing. I do. I wish I could have got that. Because some of y'all, you ain't, you ain't believing what I'm saying. You're so astounding. And I've had God do that, but this was different. It's almost like in a blink of an eye that leg grew near the three. Just in a blink of an eye. I mean, I've had them. I've prayed. And I've watched them come out. But, man, this is like in a blink of an eye. And Brother Mark was so excited before we ever got out of town. He done had it posted on Facebook. What a great, anointed, powerful service. And how God grew his sister's short leg out. As a sign to that word. And that's what God spoke to me. When, it, when, it, when that hit. He said I'll confirm my word with signs following. Y'all know what I preached on? New generation. New thing. New priesthood. New priesthood. Hallelujah. There's a priesthood coming forward. Ain't the order of Aaron. <laughs> Y'all gonna have to get with me children. Y'all going to have to get with me. See, I, I, I preach these things and quote these things, and y'all keep putting them off at you under somewhere. Huh? It's now. It's now. This thing is happening now. And God revealing himself. That stirring you felt in you in these last couple of weeks, it's that revealing of the Son of Man. What God's doing in you is the revealing of the Son of Man. How many of y'all believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Amen. Believe in it? Yes. What is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Somebody tell me. What is the Holy Ghost? Spirit of Christ. Spirit of truth. So if you're baptized into Him and He comes into you, what are we going to do with it? See, we ain't looking at the baptism of the Holy Ghost as the Spirit of Christ living in us. We're looking at it as tongues. Maybe a little prophecy. Maybe a little gift of healing. We ain't looking at the Holy Ghost as Christ in us. And that's what it is. Woo! It's Christ in us. And if He gets in you, then He's going to do what He done when He walked this earth. He's going to preach what he preached. You're going to have faith of his faith. Healing of his healing. Miracle of his miracle. Word of his word. He said in the word, he said, you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Everything I brought forth in the natural, in my three kids, they got some of my attributes. They may look like their mama, but most of them act like me. <laughs> And that's probably a good thing for her. <laughs> they may have got her brown eyes. They got a lot of my attributes. People would tell my son's just like me. And he don't mind 
Well, he got a lot of his mom in him too. But he don't mind them saying that he's like his daddy. But did you know he had to fight a battle in ministry when he first started serving God? Because everybody expected him to be like me. I never one time tried to mold my son's ministry to walk in my footsteps. Not the first time. But see, the Bible says in Genesis, every seed bringeth forth after its own kind. If Christ gets in us, if that seed is planted in us, then He's going to bring forth fruit. What fruit is He going to bring forth? The fruit of the Spirit. What Spirit? The Spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. We're going to look like Him. But Donald's already got a head start. That ain't what I'm talking about. Y'all go with me to Gospel of John, 14th chapter. I'll show what I'm talking about. Man, I feel good today. Y'all better watch me. John 14. Let me find it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm trying to keep me in the dark, and I'm a child of the light. Let me see what I'm looking for. Verse 6. John 14. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And... From henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Y'all with me? Stick with me. Verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Y'all see that? Jesus said, my words ain't mine, they're my Father speaking out of me. The works that I do, it's not I that do them, but it's the Father that dwelleth in me. So when the Christ gets in us, when you see the actions, the miracles, the deliverance, the words that are spoken, it's not going to be you, but it's going to be the Christ that is taken as a mode in you. This Holy Ghost that you got ain't just a talking tongues. It ain't just for a little prophecy or healing. It is for Christ to be revealed. He is the Christ being made manifest in your mortal flesh the ministry of the son of man is at the door it's on us if you want to be a part of us you better get prepared you better get prepared because this thing's on us and it's coming in quick won't nothing surprise me 
I mean, you see a leg three inches short growing just a blink of an eye almost. Nothing surprised me. Well, nothing surprised me. Hallelujah. I remember the Lord spoke to me. I don't remember how long it's been, but he's done it several times. You go to Isaiah 45, and it's either 10 or 11. And he says in there, he says, you want to know something about my sons? He said, ask me. He said, ask me of things concerning my sons. He said, but concerning the works of my hands. He said, you, you command ye me. You command the works of my hands. You command the works of my hands. Jesus said, when y'all seen me, you've seen the Father. Because I'm the manifestation. I'm the revealing of God in the flesh. Are you hearing me? Well, we're going to be the revealing of Christ in the flesh flesh. People ain't going to be looking at you. They might see your physical body. They saw Jesus' physical body. But he was the tabernacle that God dwelled in. He was the tabernacle that the fullness of God dwelled in. And he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews said he was the express image of his person. Woo. Everybody talks about three persons. Ain't no three persons. Ain't but one. Ain't but one person of the Godhead. Y'all ever read what Jesus said about the Holy Ghost? He said, when he the Spirit of truth is come, he shall testify of me. Holy Ghost don't have his own personality. He testifies of Jesus. He said he's going to take things of mine and reveal it to you. <laughs> That's what he said. He said when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he's going to testify of me. He ain't going to testify of himself. Why? He don't have, he don't have no Testimony of himself. All the testimony he's got is what come through the Christ. And he's the spirit of the Christ. He's the spirit of the Christ. I used to tell people. I used to freak them out a little bit, I'd say. The Holy Ghost is the ghost of Jesus. I said he's the ghost of Jesus. Because if somebody dies, they give up the ghost. When Jesus died, he gave up the ghost. And he told his disciples, he said, if I don't go away, he can't come back. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo, don't you love him? So we might as well get ready. If we're going into this, then the Spirit of the Christ... It's going to be made manifest in this mortal flesh. And we fix and act like he acted. Do what he done. Speak like he spoke. Why? At that same mind. Which was where? In Christ Jesus. Be where? Also where? See, right now we're fighting too much of the carnal. We got too much self. We got too many things self likes to do. We love ourselves too much. 
Lord, if you can get rid of yourself. I coming down the road this morning, and I had some thoughts cross my mind. I said, you low-down carnal mind. I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. That's what I told him. I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I said, I don't have to put up with you. Lord told me, if I'd live in the Spirit, I could walk in the Spirit. And I said, I'm doing everything I can to live in the Spirit. But you've got to quit putting carnality before your eyes. You've got to quit putting things in there that stir up the flesh, make the flesh want, make the flesh desire, make the flesh crave. Your first priority in your life should be your relationship with Jesus, not what you want to accomplish with your life in the natural. Because I'm going to tell you something, if God got a plan for your life in the natural, you ain't going to do what you think you're going to do. Now, if you do God's will, and I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, you better find God's will. I said, you're laboring for all this stuff in the natural. And you want this and you want that. And you try to do this and you try to do that. And you're trying to get here financially and get there financially. And you got goals that you set in the natural. I said, let me tell you something. I said, I've seen God take almost everything I had just like that. One bolt of lightning hit my house on May the 2nd, 2003. And it put our lives in tailspin for a year. Just like that. Just like that. My life, my wife's life, all my kids' lives disrupted, possessions gone. Gone. Jesus said a man's life consists not of the abundance of things which he possesses. It ain't just natural things. It ain't just you doing this. See, everybody, you, you, you see people, maybe a husband and a wife, may just be a man or a woman, and they build these big mansions, 35, 40, 50 rooms, two, three, four, five million dollars. Now, why does one person or two people need a house, 14 bathrooms, 20 bedrooms, swimming pool, this room, that room, seven car garage. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know what it is? But you've heard about it and you've seen them. You know what it is? Vanity. Look at me. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've done. There's a man in the Bible done all that. Bible said he was increased with much goods. And he looked around at all of his goods and said, What am I going to do? I can't even store these things in my barns. My barns ain't big enough for the crops I'm taking in. I don't have enough room to put all my possessions. He said, I know what I'll do. He said, I'll pull down my barns and I'll build greater. The Lord spoke to him and said, Thy fool, this night thy soul is required of thee. This night, God took his soul. God took his soul. And I went to church with some very famous people when I was growing up. I ain't going to tell you who they are because if I call the man's name, y'all know him. After me and my wife got married, my mom and daddy went to these people's house many times and eat dinner with them. 
His wife went to a Pentecostal church. Couldn't get him to come. He's too busy, too famous, too rich. God dealt with him. My daddy went out there and talked to him several times about the Lord. God convicted him. He made God promises he's coming to church, never kept him. After me and my wife got married, that's when I was about probably 12, 13 years old. Me and my wife got married. Come on the news. He was in the hospital for Nashville, Tennessee. And I started praying, reaching out. I hadn't seen him in years. I started praying, reaching out. Ask God, do I call? Do I pray for him? What will I do? And the Lord spoke to me. I said, this night, I've required his soul. This night. Let me tell you something. If your soul ain't right before God and God requires your soul, ain't none of that stuff going to matter. Ain't none of that stuff going to save you. Ain't none of that stuff going to rescue you. Ain't none of that stuff going to deliver you. Ain't nothing you do in this life except what you do for the kingdom of heaven. Going to count when you stand before the Lord. When Elvis Presley died, it's worth $42 million. That man's estate brings in $40 plus million a year. But you know how he died? A fornicator and an adulterer. Had a woman living in his house and he's committing fornication with her. You think he made it to heaven? Not according to God's word, he didn't. But everybody said, oh, Brother Metter, I know he made it. Why do you know he made it? Can't nobody sing gospel music like that? Let me tell you something, I don't cover your sins. They don't cover your sins. No matter how good you can sing gospel music, no matter how good you can preach, no matter how good you can prophesy, you better be right in God's eyes. Lord, how did I get off on that? Hallelujah. Malachi. Third chapter is where I'm fixing to go. I'm sorry I didn't have time to put study notes together, but I was on the road Wednesday through Friday, and the Lord didn't start speaking to me this morning about 4 o'clock. <laughs> so y'all might be able to get them together this week. It just depends on where God leads me, <laughs> what God has me do. I don't know anymore. What God's going to have me do or where God's going to have me go. We walked in a business the other day and I had to go check, see about getting my little van I got fixed. And it looks like the air conditioning compressor's gone out on it. And uh, so I walked in the business, Sister Christy had told me about, walked in lady there at the counter and I told her what I needed my wife went on to the restroom and uh, she said okay give me your name she said so I can make out a work order she said what's your last name I said Metter M-E-A-D-O-R she was looking at that computer she stopped and she looked up at me she said you brother John Metter I yes, said yes ma'am I have been all my life <laughs> She said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, no, ma'am, I don't. She said, I was in your tent meeting in Chatsworth, Georgia in 1999. I said, really? She said, yes, sir, God delivered me from smoking. I said, well, I said, I was in Chatsworth in 99. I was in LJ in 98, up on 282. And I was also in LJ in 99, down on 
old Highway 5 by what they call the Cocker Lumber Company. She said, yes, sir. He said, I, she said, I know that. She said, my two kids got baptized in your tent down by the old lumber yard. I said, really? She said, yes, sir. God changed her life under that tent. And I'm finding people all around this area that's had miracles and deliverance, and God's changed their lives. Stopped and talked to that mechanic down there last week. They was in that meeting in Chatsworth in 99. God changed their lives. She died with heart trouble at 29. I don't know how many years she'd been dead, but I stopped and talked to that man about the Lord. You can't tell me all these miracles and all this deliverance that God's planted around here is just going to fall by the wayside. God's got a harvest he fixing to bring in. You hear me? God got a harvest he fixing to bring in, and I'm going to be right in the middle of it. I'm going to be the biggest duck in the puddle. <laughs> and Brother Donald, don't beat me to it. Hallelujah. Y'all with me in the Word? Malachi, third chapter. And y'all write this down, go back and study it, because I know the Lord had dealt with me about the book of Joel and dealt with me about some of the Scripture. But the Lord told me this week, he said, the whole book of Joel, he said, is talking about the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. It ain't got nothing to do with the day of Pentecost. I said, really? And I started studying it. Sure enough, everything God's talking about is a restory. It's a restory. What well, to restore something, you've got to have something to start with. God can't restore the Holy Ghost if you ain't never had it. He can't restore the meat offering, which is the Word, and the drink offering, which is the Spirit, if you ain't never had it. He can't say the new wine is dried up. He can't say the harvest is perished in the field. If you ain't never had a harvest. So he ain't talking about the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. He's talking about the latter rain the Holy Ghost in our day. Oh, we fix to get something good. I feel something turning and churning and burning on the ends. Hallelujah. Glory. Y'all just don't open the front door. Y'all might lose me today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I feel a wheel turning in the middle of the wheel. Feel that faith alive. Malachi 3 and 1. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. This ain't talking about John the Baptist. Y'all hear me? This ain't talking about John the Baptist. Because when John come preaching, the messenger of the covenant had not come. The messenger of the covenant is Jesus Christ. He had not come. And Malachi said here, Behold, I'll send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Now, where's the temple of God? Where's he going to come? When? Suddenly. Suddenly the Lord whom ye seek. Then people wasn't seeking the Lord in John the Baptist's day. How many times have y'all heard the cry go out, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. 
Spirit of the Lord just spoke to my wife the other night, showed her all bent men the powers that have fought this word and tried to stop what God's doing in this church. She said it did like mountain after mountain after mountain after mountain after mountain has stood up against this word and opposed this church. And, and she's seen the Lord like a bulldozer. I mean a big, biggest than I've ever seen, like a DC-8, DC-9. I don't know. They may make them bigger. But she said that bulldozer, she saw it in the spirit, said, man, it just started moving, and the Lord spoke and said every low place is going to be made smooth, and every high place is going to be cut down low. What did John say? He said, every mountain shall be brought down level. Every low place is going to be filled up. Every crooked place is going to be made straight. That's exactly what John said. There is a word right now to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare the kingdom of God to be revealed. Are y'all with me? There is a movement of the Holy Ghost. You know, my wife got a saying here a while back that sometimes the Spirit of God would get on her. And she said, man, and I'd hit like a jack. Jackhammer, and I just break everything up. I, I said, you ain't no jackhammer no more. God done graduated you. Now you're a bulldozer. I, hallelujah. I, I said, that's a pretty big step. Go from jackhammer to bulldozer. I, I don't know what that makes me. Maybe I'm a demolition crew all in one. I, my God, she did, though. The Spirit got on her the other night. She sounded like me. I, I said, oh, my God. I, she was walking this floor and prophesying the word of the Lord. She started calming down. I said, I ain't going back to that little old big travel trailer and getting hemmed up with you. I said, my God, there's a power on you. And there was. It was because she'd been seeking God. She'd been seeking God to reveal himself. How many times have I told y'all in the last couple of years, three years, I started in Fort Payne, the Lord said, there's coming a revealing of the Son of Man. And that's what's fixing to happen, the ministry of the Son of Man. I, I texted about five people this morning, five preachers. I, and I said, the ministry of the Son of Man's at the door. It's at the door. It's fixing to step over the threshold. You better get yourself ready. Because the Lord whom you seek is suddenly, 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 suddenly. He fixing to come without warning. He fixing to come suddenly. And where's he coming to? His temple. He coming right here. This is his temple. Know ye not, I believe 1 Corinthians 6 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of the Lord? Ye are the temple of God? Know ye not that you're his house? You're where he wants to dwell? Not in some little old weak watered down? Ain't got no power of Holy Ghost? But the fullness of God that created the heavens and the earth? The fullness of God that put the sun and the moon and the stars I hung them out there in orbit and said stay there they ain't got no choice they ain't got no choice he told the ocean there's your boundary line can't come no further waters come down out of all the rivers and empty in the ocean and the ocean just keeps getting fuller and fuller and fuller. But yet it's got a boundary line it can't cross. God put a limit on it. Did y'all know that? He said, as far as you can go, right there. As far as you can go, right there. Even with all this flood and that hurricane coming up the coast. 
And how, how many of y'all remember about two weeks ago, Spirit of the Lord hit me, and I said, as a sign to this word, there's fixing to be a drastic change in the weather. Did it not? I think a Category 5 hurricane's a pretty drastic change. <laughs> but even all that flooding and floodwaters come in, they went right back out. And they can't come no further. Hallelujah. Man, is anybody with me today? Woo-wee. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 24. In verse 24. I just feel like something good is about to happen. Oh, it's on its way, all right. <laughs> Woo. I'm going to tell you something. They better hope these folks up here don't vex me in these next two or three weeks. They may not have an apple festival next year. I ain't never seen people go so crazy over apples and pumpkins. Huh? Man, I tried to go somewhere last Saturday just to get a bite to eat, and I figured instead of riding down L.J. or out Jasper, I'd go out 52. I got out there past one of them apple houses, and it took me 15 minutes to go a half a mile. And I got out there, and must have been a 1,000 cars parked up on a hillside. I said, people have lost their mind over apples. And I went on down, turned up, went up toward Amalacola Falls, or however y'all say it, Amalacola, and there's a, a, a pumpkin farm. Where they sell pumpkins over on the right hand side. Parking lot was full. They was waving them up the hill. That parking lot was full. They was waving them up the hill. And the third parking lot was nearly full. And there must have been seven, eight hundred cars. I said apples and pumpkins have made people go crazy. I ain't never I mean, my God, you can go to the store and buy apples and pumpkins. There'll come a day. There'll come a day people will clamor and hunger and thirst for the Word of God like that. And they'll sit in lines for miles. God's already showed us. I prophesied back in the 70s that we'd pack out things like Yankee Stadium, preach the gospel in them. You mark my words. Hallelujah. Praise God. NASCAR have 100,000. Jesus have 150 and 200,000. And more. And more. I remember when I was a boy growing up. Some of y'all may not ever heard of T.L. Osborne. Any y'all ever heard of T.L. Osborne? He great missionary back in the 40s, 50s, and then some into the 60s. I think he's still alive, but I think his wife passed on. But a man come to our church, brought a, a, a film called Black Gold. It was about Africa. And we hung a bed sheet up on the platform. He had one of them 16-millimeter projectors, and he showed us T.L. Osborne in Africa preaching to 250 and three and 400,000 a service. And I was six years old. Man, that thing got in my spirit, and they called it black gold. And he made several. There's one he called Java Harvest. I think that's down in Columbia. They had the same type results down there. And I remember reading a book by him. I think it was in Bolivia in 86 when I got a hold of that book. And he was telling God, he said, God, he said, there ain't no way I can lay hands on all these people. He said, it just ain't physically possible. Because I'm going to tell you, I've been in India 
And we've prayed, five or six of us has prayed for three and four and five hours, people coming through prayer lines and laying hands on saying, in the name of Jesus, the time you get through, you ain't got string, pick your hand up, and your voice is saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You do that seven, eight nights. And the Lord spoke to him. He said, I can work 10,000 miracles. It's easy as I can work one. He said, speak the word. The name of the book was called Healing in Mass, and I've tried to find it. I can't find it anymore. Healing in Mass, or Healing in Mass. I can't remember something, but it's by T.L. Osborne. And he said he walked out there the next night, preached the Word. He said the Spirit of the Lord hit him and said, I speak divine healing in this congregation. And he said people come up off of that ground and out of them chairs. He said crutches went up in the air. He said people started throwing canes and crutches everywhere, come out of wheelchairs. The blind started seeing, and God worked 10,000 or plus miracles just as easy as you could lay hands on one. And you telling me we got something in God, we ain't scratched the surface. We ain't scratched the surface of this Holy Ghost and where God's wanting to take us right now. But see, we can't get the mindset this can happen in us. We can't get this. How many of y'all remember, and I preached here uh, uh, a month or so ago about getting a mindset, getting a renewing of the mind, getting the mind renewed. We got to grab hold of this. If you don't believe you can, you never will. If you don't believe God, this is your inheritance. This is God's ordained will for your life. I, if you don't believe it and press for it and knock and ask and see, you'll be going to church 20 years from now raising your hands and going, Honda Bahada and that's all you'll be doing, shouting a little bit, singing a little bit, praising God a little bit. And But I'm telling you, the deliverance move of God, the ministry of the Son of Man is on the scene. And you're either going to get in or it's fixing to leave you behind. I said you're going to get in or it's going to leave you behind. Because the second we walk out them doors and this service is over, y'all's mind flips back to carnality. Flips right back to all the things of this life. And you start concentrating on carnality. I'm doing my best to keep my mind stayed upon the Lord. Are y'all with me? anybody with me and Malachi prophesied right here in 3 and 1 he said the Lord is going to send a messenger you got a messenger today that's telling you prepare the way of the Lord cause the Lord's coming he's on his way and the Lord whom ye seek he ain't just going to take his time but he's suddenly hallelujah fixing to come to his temple suddenly fixing to step Oh, suddenly he's fixing to embody you with his presence, his mind, his nature. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you when he does, you ain't going to worry about what people say about you, think about you, feel about you. You're going to speak his word. You're going to be bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, faith of his faith, healing of his healing, miracle of his miracle. Because it ain't you, it's him in you. Hallelujah. Glory. But people ain't being taught this. People ain't being taught you get the Holy Ghost. You talk in tongues. You go to church. You wait for the Lord to come get you. Just live a good life. Well, what's the purpose of the Holy Ghost? You can live a good life without the Holy Ghost. But you can't live a holy life. <laughs> I want to live a holy life. I want to come to that place I'm without spot and without blemish. 
I don't even want a wrinkle. We'll tell you something. I go get my shirts out of the cleaners. And they've cleaned them and pressed them, and I look at them. There not be no wrinkles in them. I'll, talk, I'll march them right back in there and tell them, you repress them. I paid you to press them. I prayed you'd get the wrinkles out of them. I don't want no blemishes. I don't want no spots. I don't want no wrinkles. Because God said, I'm coming back to church without spot, blemish, wrinkle, or any such thing. Is that not what he said? And, and, and the religious world's taught people, that's going to happen to you going up. No, if you, don't get, if you don't get spotless, if you don't get the blemishes and wrinkles out of you, you ain't going up. You're going to be grounded. <laughs> God's going to ground you. Hallelujah. Because the Lord ain't going to clean you going up. Jesus lived a life as a man on this earth to be our example. He lived a life as a man. Bible said in Romans 8 and 3, he came in the likeness of sinful flesh to live like we did, but he conquered and destroyed sin in the flesh that he might be our example. And if he done it, we can do it. We can do it, but you don't see the church pressing toward that. All we want to do is get together and have good church and sing, I'll fly away, oh glory. And people believe, believe they're just going to do the best they can. Go to church, live for God, and one day they're going to fly away. We got to get back to the truth. We got to get back to the truth of the word. Amen. Y'all with me? Hallelujah. Y'all might not let me go off no more because I didn't come back excited. <laughs> Man, I'm stirred up. Spirit of God is. And, and Brother Harry, the, the brother from Birmingham, came to Fort Payne Wednesday night, and then he came to Jasper Thursday night. And I told him after service, I said, I got him and Brother Mark together. I said, I want y'all start working together. I said, y'all ain't about 35, 40 minutes apart. Y'all start working together. And I said, I'm going to come down here in a couple of weeks, and I want to preach a revival. I want to preach two nights in Brother Harry's church and two nights in Brother Mark's church. Both of them said, just give us the days. Just let us know when you won't come. You know why? There was a revival spirit there. There was deliverance there. There's a great move of God there in Fort Payne and down there in, in, in Jasper, Alabama. Thursday night, great miracles, great deliverance, signs and wonders. People over in Alabama down there at the church, Brother Michael said, I'll even holler, where's the miracles? Where's the miracles? Why ain't we got no power? Why ain't we got miracles? I showed them Wednesday night. And you know why they ain't having them? They ain't preaching the kingdom. Everywhere Jesus went and preached the kingdom, he had miracles. He had healings. He had deliverance. Jesus didn't preach nothing but the gospel of the kingdom. That's all he preached, this Pat. Preached the gospel of the kingdom. Everywhere he went, whole villages got healed. Blind seen, deaf heard, dumb talk, lame walked. Lunatics, people with crazy spirits. Somebody come in this church with a lunatic crazy spirit and start going wild, we'll have to tackle them and call EMS. Because we ain't got that power yet. We fixing to have it. We, somebody uh, called me a couple months ago and told me that somebody was looking for me. I said, well, I ain't hard to find. We said, well, that man got a devil in him, Brother Metter. 
And then they said, well, I know you ain't scared of that. I said, no, I ain't. For some reason, he ain't never found me. I ain't never had a devil come at me that the Lord didn't take care of it. And I had one come at me one night in Dalton here. I think it's right before I started. I don't think I was pastoring the church yet. I went, I went to pray for a man. I laid my hands on him. <laughs> I started laying my hands on him. I backed up. And I looked at him. The Lord started talking to me about him. I turned my back. The Lord started showing me something. I turned back and looked at him. And when I did, he throwed his hands up like they were claws. And he growled at me. And he ran toward me. Wrong move. <laughs> He got right in front of me, and I sidestepped him, grabbed him right here, and went, boom! <laughs> and stood a straddle of him. Started commanding the devils to come out of him. I didn't even lay hands on him. I just started telling the devils to come out of him. Well, in about five minutes, he calmed down, baptized him, he come up talking in tongues. <laughs> God set him free. God set him free. Where's the passage that we believe that Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority and power over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You can't find that in God's people's lives today. They'll quote it, but they don't believe it. I've had them tell me, Brother Matter, don't stir the devil up. I said, I'll stir him up and let you deal with him. You stir the devil up, Brother Matter. I said, I'll stir him up and turn him loose on you. Brother Miller! If y'all afraid of the devil, good Lord Jesus, have mercy. Don't go around quoting the Bible and don't go around telling people you got what they got on the day of Pentecost if you ain't got the power and deliverance and dominion they got. Because I'm going to tell you something, you keep shooting your mouth off somewhere, Satan going to challenge you. Somewhere the devil going to get in your face. And you ain't going to have what it takes to handle it. That's exactly right. That will, that will make you prove it. I've had several blow up on me. The second I got my hands on them, buddy, hit the door. <laughs> I have. Wasn't too long after we got, I don't even think we was married. We was over and coming. You remember that big drunk man come down the aisle that night? I mean, big fella. And he was drunk. He said, I need God to deliver me. Oh, he was belligerent. He was drunk. He said, I've had a lot of people pray for me. And he said, God ain't delivered, never delivered me. I said, man, your trouble is you just ain't never plugged into the right thing before. I said, you've been missing all these one tens. I said, I'm, fi I said, I'm fixing to hit you with 440. He stood there and looked at me. He wasn't hit a big man. Brother Spirit of God hit me and I reached up and popped him in the middle of his forehead and he went, boom. He was on that ground about 10, 15 minutes. He come up, he was stone cold sober. He said, man, what'd you hit me with? I said, I didn't hit you with nothing. God changed his life. Had the same thing happen under a tent in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The town drunk started coming to my meetings. And it was winter time, and I didn't have the blowers. I had what they call them big old salamanders. 
You know what I'm talking about? Them coal oil heaters that they were round. They had a big chimney come up out of them. That's all I had at that time. And he kept coming under that tent and coming under that tent. And, and he would be unfriendly, but he'd come under there drunk one night and he'd come up to me. And he was drunk as he could be. And man, the Spirit of God hit me and I just reached up and went, when I did, he went. And he laid there most of the service. He got up at the end and he looked at me. He said, my God, man, what'd you hit me with? <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. He gave his heart to the Lord and he left that meeting and traveled with my ten help. Stayed clean and sober for six months. And there was a preacher in town stood up and made the statement. If that man gets delivered and he leaves town with any preacher, I'll say God's with that man. And he's still calling me the devil to this day. <laughs> Don't say something if you ain't going to back it up. God will make a... God will try to get your word. I'm trying to get this scripture. Hallelujah. Verse 24 of Matthew 24. Then there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the elect, the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert. Go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. Believe it not. Listen to what he said in the 27th verse. Same thing he said in Malachi 3 and 1. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So this ministry of Jesus is fixing to hit like a lightning bolt. It's fixing to come just that quick. We've been waiting on it. We've been praying for it. We've been fasting for it. We've been believing the word for it. Now if we can get our minds conditioned to where we believe that this can live in us, since Deborah, this thing fixing to come. I mean, it fixing to step on the scene like a lightning bolt. This ain't something that already happened. Jesus said, y'all hear what he said right here? He said, as lightning shineth out of the west into the east. He said, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Where's the Son of Man? He's going to be revealed in here. It ain't talking about him coming in the clouds of glory because when he comes in the clouds of glory, it ain't going to be like a lightning bolt. Y'all remind me of the people in India now. I'll ask them something over there and they'll do their head like this. I don't know whether they're saying yay, yes, or no, or I don't know, or drop dead. You ask people over there, well, can you do this for me? And they'll go. I said, what does that mean? I ain't, I ain't lying to you. Well, can you get this done for me? Are you sure? Does that mean yes, no, I don't know, or maybe? They won't talk to you. They'll waggle that head in a circle. And then they'll say, no problem. <laughs> no problem. 
I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning to go catch a plane out of a little town called Poon. I'd preached there that night, and I was flying to Bombay. And, I, and they said the flight left at 5 o'clock, so I was at the airport by 4. And I got there, wasn't none of the counters open. And I watched the time. It got to 4.30, got to quarter to 5. And some people started moving around. I said, is that the plane to Bombay? Yeah. I said, well, when y'all go open the gate? Five minutes, no problem. Forty-five minutes later, the gate was still closed. I asked four or five people, when y'all go open the gate? Five minutes, no problem. And there was a guy standing there from India. And I asked that last one. He said, this, I said, this is crazy. I was talking to whoever's with me, I said, this is crazy. I said, I've been asking them for 45 minutes when they go open the gate. And they said, five minutes, no problem. He said, well, what you got to realize, he said, is they work on IST time. I said, what's IST time? He said, India stretch time. <laughs> he said, five minutes, no problem. And their terminology can mean three hours. I said, well, it's beginning to look like it. And I never forgot that. But I don't function on IST time. <laughs> About 6.30. But our plane in Bombay didn't leave that night until 2 o'clock the next morning. So I got in there. We found a place to preach. And I went and preached that night. We got out of service at midnight, got back to the hotel, took a shower, packed our bags, got to the airport at 1 o'clock. Boarded the flight at 2 and headed home. Been over 30 or 40 days. I used to go to India 30 or 40 days almost every year when I was evangelizing. Can't do that with the church, but I can do it when I was evangelizing. Hallelujah. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth into the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God, Luke 17. Woo-hoo. Man, I feel the Lord running up and down the avenues of my soul. Luke 17, verse 22. And he said unto his disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, or see there, go not after them, nor follow, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of one part under the heaven, shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. That ministry of Jesus is the ministry of the Son of Man. The very life of Jesus Christ is fixed to be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Before God began to deal with me about this morning. Because I know I heard the voice. Well, it ain't been that long back till the Lord spoke. And it's in some of y'all study notes. The Lord spoke and said, Not many days the ministry of the Son of Man is going to step on the scene. It's in some of y'all study notes somewhere in the last couple of months. The ministry of the Son of Man. See, we've got to have a ministry that's going to set things in order. We've got to have a ministry with power. We've got to have a ministry with dominion. We've got to have a ministry with authority. 
Is anybody with me? I said, anybody with me? Hallelujah. Let me see where I want to go here. I'm trying to take these as God give them to me. I'll quote Acts 10.38 to you. Because I can quote that one. That's one of my favorites. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Amen. So what's your Holy Ghost doing? What's your Holy Ghost doing? Holy Ghost is supposed to do something. It ain't in there just make you feel good and feel what we call goosebumps. It ain't just there to make you feel good and talk in tongues. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, it's for a reason. See, I got it living in me. And when it overshadows or anoints me, there's a purpose. There's a purpose. It's like I went out Brother Brother Patterson's camp meeting Wednesday a week ago. And I didn't know why the Lord spoke to me to go. And I didn't know why. But after service was over, I went up front to speak to some of the ministers and, and uh, Sister Sharon Patterson come up to me to speak to me. And I seen she was limping. And I said, what's the matter? She said, well, I had foot surgery. And she said, that thing's giving me fits, and I may have to have surgery on the other one. I said, oh, no. I said, be all right if I pray for you. She said, I wish you would. Because she knows the miracles and deliverance God's put in my life. And Sister Angela Abraham was standing just 10 or 15 feet away talking to her daughter, Brandy. I said, Sister Angela, come over here and help me. And she walked over. I said, I'm going to pray for Sister Sharon. Man, I, I, I felt that spirit of God grab me. It moved me. I felt that anointing come on me. And I laid my hands on Sister Sharon, and the Spirit of God hit me, and it hit her. And I know God worked something. I hadn't had a chance to talk to her, but I know God worked something. And Sister Angela was standing there, and without even thinking, I turned and slapped my hands on her and started prophesying the word of the Lord to her because the Spirit of the Holy Ghost had moved me. God didn't give us this to keep this thing in storage. God give us this to, to be a tool, to be used of God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. But, Brother Matter, I can't do that. How do you know you can't do that? Well, I can't do that. You got the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I got it. Well, what's it doing? Well, about all mine's ever done is talking tongues. You got the Spirit of the Christ. How many times do you hear where Jesus talked in tongues? Uh oh, I'm fixing to get myself in all kinds of trouble. But how many blind eyes do you remember him healing? How many deaf ears? How many dumb tongues? How many lame limbs? Bible said he even healed the maimed. That's those with the cut off limbs. And if you got his Spirit, I ain't getting no correction, I can tell you. <laughs> I just ain't. Luke 6, verse 17. And he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon 
which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. It just went out of him. He didn't have to touch him. It just went out of him. This is the ministry of the Son of Man. Y'all better pay attention to what I'm telling you. The Lord told us ministry fixing change. You say, Brother Metter, you mean you think you can get close to somebody and the virtue of God just come out of you and heal them? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I sure do. Because I had a dream four or five years ago. I don't remember how long it's been. But in that dream, I was walking, and I saw like this light around me. It was like an aura. And when it, it, it went out about 15 feet, and it circled me. And it was like a, a, a dome. Y'all remember that? And there was people with me that was inside that dome. But when I was walking, uh, it's like I was walking down the aisle of a church. But I, I come to somebody and that light or that aura fell on them. They repented. Another person, that aura fell on them. They got healed. They got delivered. Everywhere I went, didn't matter. I saw myself just going places, says Kathy. And everywhere that aura fell on somebody got healed them. What was it? That virtue. That virtue. That virtue will cause you to repent. That virtue, it'll cause you to get healed. Hallelujah. There's a scripture there somewhere in that fifth or sixth chapter of Luke. I can't remember where it is. But said he came down and stood in the plain and there was people from everywhere. And the power of the Lord was present to heal. How many services have we been in where the power of the Lord has been present to heal? No, it's usually just crank up the music and let's have church. And y'all, I'm not against music. I just want it in God's order. I want it in right order. I want it in God's order. There are people that are ordained and gifted to play music and sing, but it's got to be in God's divine order. God's bringing us back to His order. The church is so far out of God's order till. I mean, it's almost scary. And I preached on this several weeks back on the working of the ministry in the church, and I covered the five ministries that need to be in operation in the church and what they need to be doing. We need a restoring of this five-fold ministry. We've got to have these holy apostles and prophets step back on the scene and put things back in God's divine order. The church is out of order. She ain't working the way God wants her to. And the reason ain't nothing getting done or ain't much getting done, it's out of God's order. Amen? Hallelujah. It said whole multitudes. Whole multitudes. They came. Why did they come? Virtue was there. They didn't have to touch him. There's places they touched him. I'm fixing to show y'all something the Lord dealt with me on this morning. Matthew, the 8th chapter, and I'm going to give you time to turn there. Very first verse. And I know y'all going to say, but Brother Meadow, you're preaching about Jesus. Yeah, but you're supposed to be getting his spirit. You're supposed to be getting what was in him. Right? 
my spirit gets in you, you'll act like I do. I was talking about the Holy Ghost that I got. I wasn't talking about my old nasty nature. Because I'm trying to kill that rascal. You ever seen people raised up under ministers and they take on their mannerisms? Where was it you was at, Brother Justin? Dawsonville. He, pre he, he stayed up there for a long time. They let him preach up there. And, and somebody come to him and said, Man... Said, you act, move, and preach just like Brother John Metter. <laughs> that ain't a bad thing. That ain't a bad thing. Because whether they like it or not, I get the job done. There ain't very many preachers going to town, put up a tent, nobody knows them. Start with half a dozen people. And in two weeks' time, be preaching to three, four hundred people, having great miracles. God taught me how to fight. God tells me to go somewhere I go. I don't have to know nobody in the town. I went to Anderson, Alabama in 93. Didn't know a soul in Anderson, Alabama. God just said go. And I went out there and put up on the fairgrounds. I rented a portion of the fairgrounds. And I wasn't there two nights. The four cop cars pulled in. Guy walked under my tent. And then my sound system set out in front of me. Walked up to my sound system. He said, hollered at that guy was working my sound system. He said, turn it down. Didn't come in nice. Didn't come in discreet. And I motioned for him to turn it down. He left. I said, turn it back up. I got through preaching. I went and called the shift commander. And buddy, seven or eight of them come out there. And I looked him right square in the eye. I said, let me tell you something. I said, I'm on the fairgrounds. It's zoned for noise. I said, another one of your officers comes out here and walks under my tent. I said, I'm making two phone calls. I said, one's to the mayor, another's to my attorney. I said, don't you come out here and tell me I'm too loud when I'm on the fairgrounds zone for noise. You did better not mess with me. I said, God sent me here for a purpose. Buddy, I didn't see him again the rest of the meeting. And come to find out, the man that complained lived across the street. But you know what happened three weeks after I left town? Son committed suicide. God was after that suicide spirit. Because most of the time you get around my tent, you walk out from under, sound drops. I don't blare my speakers. I don't try to be rude. You get 15, 20 feet out from under my tent, you can hear the sound, but it's not loud and it's muffled. I set my speaker so the sound drops when it gets out from under the tent. Now, I ain't telling you it won't carry, but it ain't going to be loud and intrusive. Sound will carry. I don't care what you do. You got amplifiers behind it, but it don't have to be loud and intrusive. And I've never been. In 200-something plus tent meetings, I think I've had three or four complaints. And it's, most of them have been by one person. One person. And when she first come to my tent, it pouring down rain. And Deputy Sheriff walked under my tent in a raincoat, and everybody just shouting, praising God. And he just walked under there and kind of stood at the tent pulling up. He kind of scratched his head. And 
looked around, he just turned around and left. <laughs> he come back about 30, 40 minutes later and eased up to me and he said, Preacher, he said, he said, I hate to tell you. He said, we got noise complaints. You're going to have to turn it down. I said, ain't no problem. I said, let me pray for you. And I took and laid hands on him. And he had to come back out there another night. And I called the, the sergeant. And he said, he said, preacher, he said, you do what you want to. He said, we get a complaint. We got to answer it. He said, so my officer gets a complaint. He said, he'll come out there. He just said, you just go and preach. He said, ain't nobody going to bother you. Don't you worry about nothing. <laughs> You always got one. See, I've had I've had two hundred something tent meetings over twenty two years, three or four complaints. Some people just don't like God getting on their case. Hallelujah, glory. Matthew, y'all with me? Eighth chapter, first verse. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him saying, Lord, if, I, if thou will, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thy clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Y'all see that? Jesus came down out of a mountain. Now watch what I'm fixing to show you. The leper, and I prayed for leprosy. I had him bring leprosy in my meeting in Honduras in 1982. I didn't know what it was. A little baby that's holding it in their arms. Had leprosy all over its stomach like a big as a basketball. I didn't know what it was. I had a little old church packed out and they was hanging out the windows. Didn't have no windows in them. Screens they was hanging out the windows. Out the doors. The road was full. The lot was full. And I just crazy faith preacher back then. And they want me to pray for it. I anointed my hands, and I got ready to pray for it. And the preacher with me grabbed my hand. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm fixing a curse, whatever that is. He said, you don't know what that is? I said, no. He said, that's leprosy. I said, so? He said, you be sure, be sure you ain't got no next cuts on your hand. He said, that stuff gets in your system. I said, boy, get your hand off me and leave me alone. I said, I believe God. And, buddy, I slapped my hand right in the middle of that stuff, and blood and pus went everywhere. They brought that baby back two nights later. Size of leprosy on it, about the size of a silver dollar. God totally dried that stuff up. Totally dried it up. But pay attention. I've never seen this before. Look what I'm fixing to show you. This person with leprosy walked up and knelt before Jesus. Said, Lord, if thou will, thou can make me clean. Jesus touched him. And said, I will be thy clean. Touched him. Didn't slap hands on him and wrestle him to the ground. Just touched him. Y'all ever seen that before? Just touched him. Not, I bind you, you demon of a leprosy. Just touched him. Why? He had authority. <laughs> had authority. In dominion. Didn't have to wrestle. I don't believe in all this wrestling with devils. Come on. Aggravates me when I see preachers lay hands on people and wrestle them and fight and war with them for 30, 40 minutes, an hour, two hours. Thank God. Bunch of flesh. 
testing. Just testing. Y'all with me? Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thy clean. And immediately, immediately, the leprosy done what? Cleansed, dried up. He had authority. He didn't have to lay hands on him and wrestle with him. He had authority. See, where all this land of hands come in was during the healing revival in the 40s and 50s. And that's okay. But people took it to an extreme. You either got authority or the devil or you don't. You putting hands on somebody and getting two or three people up there, hold them and wrestle with them, you ain't doing nothing putting on a show. You just putting on a show. Ooh, that's going to cost me some grief. truth anyhow is it not if you can't cast the spirits out with your word what do you think putting your hands on wrestling with them is going to do it ain't in your hand I was preaching up in Canada one night and the Lord spoke to me she, she, he said the miracle ain't in your hand the healing ain't in your hand he said it's in the faith and the word of God in your heart and I asked the Lord spoke to me and I asked I said anybody in here know you got one leg shorter than the other so happened there was one of the guys that was working with me in the meeting. One of his legs about two inches shorter than the other. So I set him down, found which one was short where they could see it on the video camera. Took a chair and propped his feet up where you could see the difference in his feet. Stepped back 15 feet. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed. And I just pointed at it. When I did, it grew just like that. It ain't in the hand. It ain't in the hand. It's in the word of faith. It's in my heart. Sometimes people release their faith on a touch. But you don't have to go hand-to-hand combat with them. I'm, I'm trying to show you all something. Verse 5. Same chapter 8. When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. And said, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that I should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth unto another. Come, and he cometh. And to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. And then in verse 13, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Jesus didn't go anywhere near him. He spoke the word. He spoke the word. Somebody asked me one time, said, well, why did Jesus heal that man's servant? said, that man was a Roman. He was a Gentile. The Lord spoke to me and said, servant was a Jew. Servant was a Jew. You know, Jesus told him, he said, I didn't come for the Gentiles. 
I came to nobody but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But that servant was a Jew. Amen. So the Lord sent that word. Sent that word. And healed him. Y'all still with me? Verse 16. Now let's go to 14. When Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto him. So she was laying there with a fever. Jesus walked in and just touched her. Didn't say he said anything to her. He just touched her. And the virtue in him, the fever had to leave. Did God not tell us we're fixing to move in a different anointing? We're fixing to move in a different anointing. We're fixing to move in a different anointing. Ain't going to have to lay hands on folks like we've been taught. And it's learned behavior. It's learned behavior. When I reached down, pulled them feet up the other night, I didn't say one word of Lord in the name of I didn't say nothing. They just started growing. You know why? Virtue was coming out. Virtue was coming out. Virtue was coming out. Out of me. Why? The Christ is being formed in here. The Christ is being formed in here. That the very life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Not like the church has taught us when we get up yonder. You ain't going to need it up yonder. What kind of power over demons you going to need in heaven? You don't need no power over demons in heaven. I hope there ain't no demons where I'm going. It might be somewhere you're going. Maybe you're going to... Amen. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she rose and ministered unto him. Verse 16. And when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits or does it say, and he healed all that were sick? Or does it say, and he cast? I wouldn't read. Okay. I used to know it. I used to preach it so much, I quoted it. They brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick. See, all he had to do was speak to them demons. We can't imagine ourselves having this kind of power. Why? Ain't been taught. Ain't been taught that it's ours. Ain't been taught that it lived us. Ain't been taught that it worked through us. We just been taught we got the Holy Ghost and we got the same thing they got on the day of Pentecost, but it ain't never manifested itself. I ain't saying there ain't been healings or have been. But it ain't been no book of Acts church. Since the healing revival started fading out in the late fifties and early sixties, there ain't been no move of miracles. There ain't been no move of miracles. And if all these big preachers y'all see on TV was having these kind of miracles, it'd have this country turned upside down. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. People being deceived. Wrong spirit. Soothsaying. Soothsaying spirit. 
because when Roberts and Cole and Allen and them other men had them kind of miracles, but he had turned this nation upside down. So, them ain't happening. I don't care what they're showing you. It's seducing spirits. It's deceiving forces and powers. Seducing spirit will make you believe a lie. People can do stuff with witchcraft. You'll see things you don't actually happen. Y'all hear me? You ever watch magic? You ever watch the magic show? You ever see somebody do what they call a magic trick and it looks like they've really done something awesome and impossible? Sleight of hand trick, every bit of it. There's a, there's a trick to it. That's the way it is with these evil spirits, these seducing spirits, these doctrines of devils. They ain't happening. Oh, there, there's some coming that's real. But they ain't going to be able to do what this Jesus ministry is going to do. Y'all hear me? In Luke 7, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to quote this, and I'm fixing the. Jesus walked in the city of Nain. Saw a great crowd. I think it starts in Luke 7 and 14. Saw a great crowd. Saw him carrying out a young man on a funeral bier. He walked up to it. Touched the bier. That stood still. He didn't touch the young man. He spoke to him. Said, I say unto thee, young man, arise. He didn't touch him. First person Jesus raised from the dead. He touched her by the hand. It was Jairus' daughter. I don't know how many dead he raised, but this one, he touched the beer. Spoke to him to get up. We raised Lazarus from the dead. He just told him to move the stone. He wasn't nowhere near him. So see, that power and authority grew in him. From the time he prayed for Jairus, took Jairus' daughter by the hand, I believe is what it says. Until he spoke, called Lazarus out of the tomb. Big difference in the anointing. Big difference in, see, he grew in that. He grew in that. I've had people tell me, oh, Brother Matter, when, when the Lord, when Jesus was down here walking on earth, he, he had all power. He was God. I said, really? I said, well, then y'all need to research Paul's writings. Because in Ephesians 1 and 20, Paul said what he wrote in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him far above all principalities and powers in this world and the world to come. Gave him power over things in heaven, things in earth, things in hell. But it only happened when he raised the dead, raised him from the dead. He didn't have it here. If he had it here, what was the devil tempting in the wilderness? See, they can't answer these questions. You know what tempts the Spirit of God? James said God can't be tempted with evil. Is that not what he said? And he don't tempt any man with evil. So, the ministry of the Son of Man. Jesus didn't even touch the young man. He just touched the beard and they stopped. He just said, young man, arise. He sat up and started talking to him. I had an open vision of that in 1991. I got to figure, and I told y'all when I preached here on this 
new generation. I had seven or eight open visions, more like 11 or 12. There's some of them I, I, I forgot. More like 11 or 12 that I've had about this end time since 1984. In 91, I was in Mississippi. About 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I was out praying. And the Lord spoke to me. Says Pat, and he asked me. He said, how are you going to raise the dead? So I went on and prayed a little bit. And I stopped and I said, by faith. I went on and prayed. And a few minutes later, the Lord spoke back to me. He said, that dead man ain't got no faith. Lord knows how to shake you up and stop you in your tracks. You ever prayed for somebody? And you ever looked at them and said, now, have faith in God and believe with me. And y'all ever done that? You know what I'm talking about? I've done it. We've all done it. Walk up to that dead man. Say, now, uh, I'm going to pray for you and God's going to raise you from dead, but now you're going to believe God with me. <laughs> Let me know how that works for you. <laughs> he said, that dead man ain't got no faith. Lord dumbfounded me. I went on and prayed a little while longer, and I said, well, God, I don't know then. And when I told God I didn't know, he took me into an open vision. I saw that young man being carried out on that beer in Luke 7. I saw Jesus walk up to him, stop the beer. And when Jesus spoke to him, I say unto thee, young man, arise. Those words formed over his head in a caption. And when that caption got up there, it turned into a whirlwind. That whirlwind went into the blackness of eternity, and I saw thousands upon thousands of souls. And it's just like that thing wove in and out between them souls, looking and hunting and going. It found that young man's soul. It's like it turned into a big hen. It reached and grabbed him and snatched him out of eternity and put him back in that young man's body. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, there's coming a day. He said, the words that my ministers speak, he said, they're going to reach into eternity. He said, even to the raising of the dead. Whew. Where's that day? 91, 2001, 2011, 25 years ago. The Lord's been showing me these kind of things since 84, wanting us to get conditioned for them. And here we are, it's on us. We better do something to receive it. Somebody going to get this. Somebody going to get this. And somebody going to miss it. I ain't going to miss it. I spent 45 years of my life chasing this. And I ain't about to miss what God's doing now. I ain't about to miss. And you're going over to Brother Donald read in 2 Corinthians, was it 4? That the life of Jesus might be made manifest. Where? In our mortal flesh. In here, in our mortal flesh. The life of Jesus His nature, His character, His faith, His power, His healing, His deliverance, His mercy, His compassion, that His life, His nature. Amen? Why? We're His house.
That's where you're going to live. <laughs> Y'all making the Lord work too hard. He'll come in, scrub you up, and get you all clean, and you'll go dump some dirt in it. He'll come scrub you up and get you all clean, about ready to, and you'll go dump some old dirt in it. I was listening to a tape coming up here, and y'all will remember it. It's back in April of 13. The Lord spoke at the church about us cleansing the house of God. He's going to take seven months where they cleansed the temple in Ezekiel. I think it was in seven days. He said he's going to give us seven months. And we, I mean, man, we, we got in and dug on that word and prayed and sought God. Then that seven months, God done something in us. He took us further. But I was listening to that coming up here. And by the time you just bought your house, and I asked you about painting it and cleaning it and cleaning carpets and washing floor, you remember? At the same time, God spoke to you about L.J. Told him God had put his word up here and God was going to move in his time and do what he wanted to do and wasn't nobody going to stop it. Y'all see how long God been speaking about this place? But I said, God's fixing to cleanse you on the inside. I said, y'all just might as well call God Mr. Clean. I said, because he fixing to wash you from the inside out. And I said, if you sparkle on the inside, there's one thing about it, you'll sparkle on the outside. Because God cleans your spirit up, he changes you. Amen. Y'all appreciate the Lord today. Amen. To me, this is a great revelation of this ministry of Jesus. Because he spoke to the spirits. He just touched them. Just touched them. And they touched him. There's some places they come and touch the hem of his garment. It wasn't just the woman with the issue of blood. There are many places they came and touched the hem of his garment. And y'all think I'm crazy. We was in India back in 93, I believe it was. And we had 30-something thousand people come out. And we had like a... Uh, all I know to do is tell you, y'all ever been in a restaurant and they got these wraparounds till you get to the cash register? And, or, or they have them at some of these... Uh, parts and fairs that they snake the line where you don't feel like you've stood in line for two and a half hours. <laughs> well, we had it fixed that way where we could pray for them. Y'all ain't never seen people get out of hand. But then people got out of hand that night. They broke them rails down. They rushed the platform. We were laying hands on people just quick so we could lay hands on them. And they were climbing over one another. God started healing them, started delivering them, and some of them were just reaching and grabbing us, grabbing our clothes, and, and, and God was healing them just by them grabbing our clothes. We didn't even have to lay hands on them. God was revealing himself. And you know what the crazy thing about that was? It was in a Muslim town, and the word got out. The word got out. And you know them people got to waiting on us after service? And two or three different times, we come out of them grounds because they were walled in. They rocked the cars. Throwed stones at the cars. They got some mad. God just kept on working miracles. And a mama brought a little old nine-year-old Muslim boy in there that was blind. And God opened his eyes. He was white-eyed and God opened his eyes. And buddy, after that, they didn't throw no more stones. There people come and started getting saved. 
Because they found a God that was real. Do you love the Lord? You appreciate Him? I appreciate Him today. That was June the 19th this year. Yeah. So now here it is. The Lord told me it's at the door. Better do something what God gave you. He didn't give it to you for you said on the shelf. He gave it to you to do something with it. He gave it to you so it could grow in you. Because he said it's the lightning. Shineth out of one part of heaven to the other. He said so the coming of the Son of Man is fixing to be. And I'm going to tell you something. Y'all seen lightning strike? If you got a camera in your hand, lightning strikes, you don't even have time to take a picture. Like that, it'll hit. It'll flash across the heavens. It'll hit. Just in seconds. I mean, you can be standing there ready. You can have your, have your viewfinder focus, and that lightning will flash, and the time you click the shutter, it's done, done, no with. That's pretty quick. Amen. That's pretty quick. It's time to focus on your purpose in this life. Time to focus on your purpose. Amen. What God's got for you. I know God's got something for me. And I don't want to miss it. See, you might need prayer today. I know I don't ask for, pray for people a lot. If anybody needs prayer, I want to pray the prayer of faith for you. God, draw that thing up that shoulder. Working on it. All right. Hallelujah. Well, come on up here, moving man. What you doing tugging on stuff like that? Yeah. Uh -huh. They can have a lot of definitions. Thank you, Jesus. I ain't even going to get the oil. Where's it hurting yet? Lower back. Right in there, she got it in the right place. Friends. Yeah. Wow. Feel it move? Get hot? Hey, I didn't touch you. I was over here. Yeah, he did. Just bearing a sign. You still having trouble with yours? Whereabouts? Same same place? I don't know how you feel I have that sometimes. Believe? Raise your hands up. Tell you there's something here. God's trying to change things. Be healed! <laughs> Jesus' name. It's done. I'm telling you, it's done. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Done? Done. Just gathered. Done? Done. Appreciate the Lord. He's good to us. Amen. He's good to us.
I'm going to receive the offering, and we need you to get behind the church with your tithing offerings. I need your help. The church needs your help. We've got a lot of things we want to do, and we're working toward them. Before it gets cold weather, I want to see a roof on this place. Painted, cool seal, new screw, whatever. We're going to get something done. We're working on getting a new sign out of here. We're going to spruce this place up because we're going for a new beginning because God's doing a new thing. It's what I preached in Jasper Thursday night, a new thing, a new beginning, a new generation. And God ain't going to bring in a new generation with the same old ministry. He ain't doing it. He's doing something new. Amen. We got our mission jar. Pray God, God, give me some mission money this week. Hallelujah. Please, obey the Lord. Do what's right. I'm going to tell you something. You do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And you give, and God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Good to see y'all. I appreciate y'all. Bless you, man. Love you. Hallelujah. You just look how God's blessed you, Brother Donald. You didn't get a deer all last year. Ain't even gotten gun season yet, and then got two. Got him one Saturday and went deer hunting last Sunday after church. And got him a five-point five point buck. So he ain't even gotten gun season yet, and then got two with his bow. That's how good God's been. Hallelujah. You can't outgive God. Yep. That's pretty, pretty fast. That'll even break sound barrier. And the Lord said, I'm going to move just that fast. He said, that's just how quick the Son of Man's going to reveal himself. <laughs> Woo! Make you shout. Amen. I appreciate this word. Y'all appreciate this word? Let's ask God to bless this offering. Father, I need you to bless this offering. God, like the meal in the barrel and the oil in the cruise, I need you to bless it. Give us the wisdom and the understanding and the ability. God, I know people are doing all they can do being obedient. I understand that, Lord. I'm not asking the people to do any more, but I am asking you to bless it, multiply it, and I am asking you to add to this church, Lord. Bring folks in that are hungry for your truth. I don't want them, God. I don't want these other preachers, peoples. That's not what I'm saying. I want people to come that's hungry. Lord, and I'll teach them. I'll teach them, Lord. You deliver them, set them free, and bring them in, and I'll teach them your truths. I'll ground them and settle them in these present truths. Bless these offerings, Lord. Bless the people that's being obedient. God, you bless them back bountifully. And you give us what it takes, God, to do what you've ordained here. I give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Don, come on, close the service for us. Y'all give the Lord a good clap offer. I enjoyed this today. Oh, my gosh, how weak was that? Give him a good clap offer. Thank you.
Praise the Lord. That's a good one. Makes me feel good to know that I got on one of his scriptures. So sometimes you'll question yourself or if you're in the right spot or not. And just bless my heart to know I got on one of his scriptures that he was going to read. It just feels good. Well, I just love this kind of weather here. I just enjoy it. The wind was blowing real hard up here yesterday, Sister Pat. Oh, really? Yeah. But uh, I tried to hunt a little while yesterday morning, and, and I was swaying with the wind in that tree stand. <laughs> but I enjoy it. I love it. appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate the word. Uh, Sister Pat, we're going to be eating at Sister Kathy's. You're welcome to come and join us if you like. Well, it wasn't bad coming up. Now, you know how that is as they get along. But, you know, but, uh, but we're going to be eating over there. So if you'd like to come, you're more than welcome to join us. Hallelujah. So. All minds and hearts clear. Oh, on the sign. I'm not sister Lisa. I'm gonna check with the guy I talked to Pastor last week about the guy down in Calhoun. But I was gonna get one in sticky sign, but I think it'd be better to get a banner made the size that we need right across there and make it. Then that way we can bring it up and take some screws and some of them little heads that goes on, you know, and kinda of screw it at the top of the bottom and that way you can stretch it down where it'll fit good on the front and back so I'm going to check on that see what that's going to run and see what it can do so I need something before he can look at it maybe y'all can email him or whatever we need to do but I'll get with you next week on that okay but okay anyway Father we thank you Lord for this day we thank you Jesus for each and every one God we ask you Jesus to go with us now Lord we go homes and, and make our ways to our works next week God keep us God and God we ask you Lord and even in the uh prayer monday night lord jesus the one that can make it one that can't make it lord just let them all come together lord in the bible study and everything lord we ask you god that you move in it god we ask you to bless it god bring us all the way back here at appointed time again next week god for we ask in jesus name and everybody said amen